I'm well, a fun you guy. You have fun when they finish below 500. I'm just Captain Fun. I guess. Or a captain suit, the show from now on. I don't like the half point. Well, that's called the hook. I don't like it. What the hook How do you get rid of it? Can you get rid of the hook? I'm going to have a coronary. I'm getting too old for this job, but you guys may have won. Upset. If you look back at where the term came from, it was from a horse race. Upset when did you turn a, into Cliff Clavin? I like this job. <laughs> I've had it for a long time, Paul. Last one. This is like chemistry lab. I'm on the verge of next year's Super Bowl. I can't Bowl. help Let what I think. Be honest, Paulie. You're not doing this for <laughs> other people's entertainment. You are truly enjoying this. This is Orange Nation. With Stephen Fonte and Paulie Sibilia. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Paulie Sibili. I'm Stephen Fonte as we welcome you into Orange Nation. We've got our weekly SOS house call at 1230. Caitlin Hennessy, physical therapist at SOS, will join us. Evan Lepler, he called the Syracuse Georgia Tech game on Saturday. Play-by-play broadcaster for Bally Sports and for ESPN3. He will join us coming up at 1 o'clock. And we'll mix in your phone calls throughout at 315-437-7644. Tread carefully today, Paulie. How are you today? I'm good, Steve. I was on the verge of leading off with something, but I want to talk Joe Girard to start. Okay, let's do that. Please, let's do that. Can we stop now? Can, can we stop? Please. Like, I want to I wanna just make it, if one person calls in or says in our Q Sports Talk chat that Joe Girard should be at Siena, they're banned. I'll hang up on them, and I'll ban them because it's a, you know, and we, we led to this last week. I may be the only person in America who calls listeners in dumb. It's a dumb take, and it's, the horse has is dead. It's been beaten, and you're wrong. I want Joe Girard back next year. Please, I want that kid back. Thank you. Well, you know how I feel about this. Um, I, I don't understand the that whole take that he doesn't belong here. Um, I will. 28 points over the week. I mean, again, people saying, well, you know, he should be playing at Siena. Players at Siena don't score 28 points in an ACC game. Like, no. it, I, I'm with you. It, it's it's an old you and tired argument, and I, I'm, I'm fed up with it. Could it, it happen well. once that a Siena player did? Yeah. But you don't average 17. Right. He's he's fifth in the ACC in scoring right now. Top 20 in assists. Top five in three-point percentage. Um, he's having, again, by and large, he's having a great year. And I, I know people will say, well, you know, they didn't go to the tournament last year, and they may not go to the tournament this year. It's not on him. I mean, he, he's, no. he's doing his part. I mean, it's a collective thing, right? If, I mean, it's a, it's a team thing, but, you know, he's, he's doing his individual part. If you want to make that argument, I will accept that. This team has not won a lot of games with Joe Girard on the roster, but I want him on the roster next year. I want him on the roster this year. I want him on the roster every year. He is a good player. He's a good kid. And I said a week ago, for this team to make the tournament, he's going to have to shoot the ball 20 times because he's the guy. Yeah, and then back-to-back games, he's he's taken 21 shot attempts, and uh, he's been very good in back-to-back games. Uh, 21 at Miami, put him in position to win. Uh, 28 at Georgia Tech, helps uh, rally the troops after another slow start, and they uh, they avoid what would have been a uh, 
a, a devastating loss. And, and they came back and they win going away. I mean, they, they won that one easily. It was uh, no uh, no heavy breathing at the end of that one. Showbro Michael says his attitude sucks. It does. Do you know him? Have you spoken to him? Do you know his attitude? Or do you just watch him in a game? Because I see the kid all the time. I don't even know what his attitude is. Seems to score a lot. That's what you should want as a fan. He is a, a you know, I, I feel confident in saying this, and, and based on what I know and who I've talked to, I mean, he is a, an extremely hard worker. Yeah, dude's first in the gym. I see that all the time before right. games. Right. He's put in the work, and, uh, you know, he's much more than just a shooter. And we've seen that the last couple of games in particular, uh, you know, finding different ways to score and, um, you know, yeah, he takes a lot of shots. You know who also knows that he's going to take a lot of shots? The opponent, and they couldn't stop him. He scored 28 points against a team that knew he was going to take a lot of shots. Melissa D dropping in. It's not like he's going to have anything to do next year. Uh, someone will pay him to play next year. May not be in America, but he's going to make a lot of money playing a game, and you're going to wish he was here probably. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, I mean, th- this has come up quite a bit on the show over the course of the last several years. I I don't understand the the negativity towards him, but uh, people have been awfully quiet. He went he went through that three game stretch where he was awful in late November, and uh, and the critics have been awfully quiet for the last two months. Have they? I feel like they just yeah. I, I mean, I there was like, a lot of negativity on Twitter when, with like him dropping in twenty eight. Well, they're still like, around. I'm reading the chat right now, and they're just babbling. Yeah. They're they're still around, but like on social media, you know, there were it was quiet with him scoring twenty eight on Saturday. His defense stinks, Steve. What do you want him to do? I I, I don't know. I don't know anymore. Got to move up the steals chart. He's only thirty third in the conference. <laughs> well. Again, the the team is not having the success that people want, and so they gotta they gotta point fingers, right? It's got to be somebody's fault. It's not his, not ten games, Steve. Not. I think ten. that might be accurate with this team. Very yes. He's got the potential to do what Jerry did, the way he's playing right now. And they may need him to. <laughs> yeah. I, I do think, uh, you know, and, and we, we've said this, and I know you were off Thursday and Friday, but I, I do think we're seeing signs that this team is figuring it out, and it's a shame that they got off to the start that they did because I, I don't know how at this point they're going to make up for the losses to Colgate and Bryant in particular, and, you know, they're, they're really going to have to get hot, and we know that. But there's like just from a, a basketball perspective, like watching this team play, they are getting better. I want it. I didn't know how to word this because it's going to sound stupid. It's like the getting late early. This team could be a tournament team at the end of the year, but not a tournament team. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I know what you're saying. Good enough to play in the tournament, but resume not good enough to be there. The, uh, Matt Park was interviewing, um, why am I drawing a blank on his name? John Gillen the other day. And he dropped a stat on me that made me think, oh, man, this team's got its work cut out for us. The John Gillen team, three wins against top 10 teams and did not make the yeah, tournament. right. And that just put like a terrible feeling in my tummy. That team, though, uh, lacked uh, wins away from home in particular, right? It beat three. No, I know. I'm just saying that that, that was, the, that was yes, the big yes, knock, right? Yes, was yes. that they, I think they had like one or two wins away from home, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 
and there's there's plenty of of basketball left, but they got to win. I mean, they got to win a bunch of games. You know, like they the 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 quantity and quality of wins are out there, but they can't keep missing out on these opportunities. That's why the Miami loss was was so tough last week because you you felt like you finally had a bona fide yeah, quad man. one. I mean, like this this Carolina game tomorrow might not even be a quad one by the end of the season. Right now, I mean, as it stands right now, it's just on the on in quad two. Just on the outside looking in, and maybe Carolina plays its way into the top 30, but this might be a quad two. Yeah, they were on the verge of a quad one okay. at Miami. Okay, tread carefully. I appreciate no text last night. That was nice of you to, to, to leave me alone. I was going to text you if you were okay, see if you were okay, just a wellness check. Yeah. but no, I'm, I'm more Man, okay were... today than I was last night. I can't imagine you mad. Like, I can't, did you throw the remote? No, there was no, there was no throwing. Just uh, very disappointed. We'll do a segment on this. I want to, I want to keep talking about the SU basketball team, but they were on the verge of that Miami game. Man, that was good. Uh, Malik Brown, good basketball player, right? Kid keeps coming in and and uh, d- he just keeps doing his job, and you love the way he plays. And you talk about good attitude. He. He's got a great attitude on the court, right? He just he puts his head down. He's he always seems to be in the right place at the right time. He finishes around the basket. He he plays with some physicality. He's he seems like a, just a smart basketball player. And you know he only had four rebounds. We're used to seeing him uh, rebound a little bit better than that. But eight for nine from the field, thirty two minutes. Had the four rebounds. Had four steals in the game. Finished with eighteen points. Um, and again. You know, Benny played eight minutes. It's a combination of Benny's not playing well, and Malik is making it very difficult to keep him off the floor. And I think we're you're going to continue to see more and more of of Malik Brown. Yeah, I love I love the way he plays. He just is in the it, and I don't know if it's on purpose, but he's in the right spot at the right time always. Yeah, well, as Jim Bayham said, that's what happens when you play near the basket. Good things tend to happen. It felt kind of a Bunsen honeydewy, if I could do a, a Muppets uh, analogy here, Steve. Kind of felt chemistry lab last game, too. Quadir Copeland comes in, gets six rebounds. No turnovers. That's the most important thing for him. He, I feel like he forces passes a little bit. No turnover, six rebounds, and that's all you need. That's all you need out of a kid coming off the bench in his lab coat. And, and can we bring up the name Samir Torrance and Judah Mintz without getting into a three-day long discussion? Uh, Samir, you know, 11 minutes. Judah played 29 and, you know, finished with six assists and one turnover. They had eight turnovers in that game, Steve. This team's going to win a lot of games if they could. And they had nine take, the game before against Miami. The the single like di- yeah. Back-to-back games, single-digit turnovers. Um they they're starting to play better, and that you know I'll go back to what I said. It's um it it's not too late. You know I said it 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 might be too late. It's not too late. I mean they they've still got plenty of opportunities here. They've got at least a dozen games left when you take into account uh, the regular season in the ACC tournament. But they've you know obviously have to take advantage of those opportunities, and and it begins tomorrow. But just from the eye test and the way this team is playing. They're playing better basketball. Guys are figuring out their roles. You do have options if you know Judah's not playing great. You know you do have Samir Torrance who can go in and settle things down, and then Judah goes back in with a fresh mind and, and played well at the end of the game. Malik Brown comes in if Benny's struggling. You know he's been showing up. Um, you, you know every game that that he seems to go in. You know he played 13 minutes in this game. You, you've got options 
you know, if somebody gets into foul trouble, Jesse had four fouls, you know, Monir Hema can go in there, he can man the middle. They, they've got options, and I, I think everybody's figuring out their roles, and, and they're, they're starting to play more comfortable out there on the court together. And um, you hope it, it translates into a little run here. Jesse's defense much better than it was against Miami. Also. Yep. Three blocks, you know, taking away the, the paint. It was a good performance. As bad as Georgia Tech has been, they've got athletes. I don't know if you well, saw. So, I don't know if you saw the dunk. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, yeah, I watched the game. Obviously, yes, they, they, that was impressive. In Georgia, um, ate that kid alive. They they do have athletes, and Syracuse was in trouble there. I mean, you know, Syracuse again. We could talk about the slow starts. Down eleven, you know, twenty-one to ten, um, and they were they were in a little bit of trouble. And then Joe just said, I, "I'm not having it." He went on kind of a run all by himself. Uh, they scored seventeen straight points, and and before you know it, they're you know they've got a comfortable lead going into the locker room, and and then they win going away in the second half. Um, you know, these slow starts, man. I. I, I can't quite explain it. Um, you know, and I, I know the, the easy thing to do for people is to point at Benny and say, you know, th- this isn't this isn't just on Benny, though. It's it's a trend with this team, and it, it's, it's not just on him. Yeah. they got to figure it out because they can't keep digging themselves these holes. Yeah, and their defense has been good. And there's one thing, I said this earlier in the year, and when, they are, when they're holding their, it's not easy to do, but when your opponent's got a six at the start, of their score, you're going to win games, and they've done. When they do that, they win games. You just got to buy in on defense, not turn the ball over. I sound like a coach, doing coach speak right now. Got to beat North Carolina. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah, it's a big opportunity. Um, I think you you would have preferred to play North Carolina a little bit earlier in the year. They're starting to figure it out themselves, but uh, you know you you play them when they're on your schedule, and this is an important game tomorrow. Obviously, I mean they're all the later you get into the year, the more and more important these games are becoming. And um, let's see what happens. They're on a three game heater. They're playing better though. I mean, again, you watch Carolina play; they they got off to a rough start this year. They're starting to play better, and. Um, we know that they're uber talented. Obviously, we saw the run they went on. No Brady Manic this year, but a lot of those yeah. other pieces are back, and uh, they they're very capable. I mean, they're six and three in the conference. Um, they were a ver- on the verge of a title last year, Steve. I don't know if you know that. Yes, I do know that. Ah, uh, right there, right there for the taking. Not even preseason pick to win it, if you know what I mean. Let's take a timeout. out. <laughs> 315-437-7644. We're going to hit a break here. We've got our SOS house call coming up at 1230. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 at 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> All right. Welcome back. Artist of the Day, Pointer Sisters. One of the sisters had a birthday on this day, and she's no longer with us, sadly. I don't remember which one it is, but it's a Pointer Sister. And uh, this, they had seven top ten hits, Steve, and this came in at number nine. I thought this would have been their highest charting. Not the case. 
I'm so excited to be doing the show with you, Stephen. I'm also excited to welcome a new sponsor to Orange Nation, the Elite Wealth Management Group. Thank you for joining in. Your GPS to financial planning. Anita Pointer, born on this day, would have been uh, would have been seventy five today. The Pointer sisters, you know, they're so excited it makes them want to shout, Steve. Keep it up. Keep it up. If you happen to be watching us on QSportsTalk.com, you saw during the commercial break that uh, our producer Katie came in and uh, she defended me. Shot you with a Nerf gun. You ordered the hit, according to the chat. I don't. I don't know. You can't. Uh, you can't prove it. You can't prove it. All right, let's uh, let's get a phone call in here. 7644 Did you bet on it at the beginning of the year? Did you? Did I did. You, did oh boy, How I did. Much, did you put a lot? Because uh, you were awfully confident on air. Did you? Did I, you make a confident bet? So, uh, I Fanduel was running a um, like a promo mm-hmm. that if you put fifty dollars on any team to win, they would give you five dollars back every time your team won. Up to fifty dollars mm-hmm. in bets, so it was essentially a free bet because you knew the Bills were going to win at least ten games. So I put fifty on the Bills; would have won three fifty. It's a lot of pizza money. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a pizza party. But it didn't. That that isn't even why I'm upset. That would that would. No, just, I know, I know. But yes, I, said, I was confident. You're awfully confident. I, I thought they were going to win. I thought they were going to win. They did not. And it's uh, it's very disappointing for many reasons. Uh, all right, let's talk some Q's basketball. We got Stephen North Syracuse kicking us off on the show today. Steve, how are you? Uh, I'm fine. Uh, uh, looking outside, uh, I wish uh, Christmas morning it'd look like this. Uh, uh, talking about the basketball starts, uh, I, I think it's rather simple. Uh, we basically start two players that, uh, for the most part, have been unproductive: Benny Williams and uh, Chris. Uh, Bell, and uh, uh, then we bring in productive players to replace them when we fall behind, and we go into the press, and we've the best basketball we've played all year have been in the press because it tends to uh, energize our team, and even after we stop pressing, we seem to play with more energy, and it tends to uh, speed up the other team and take them out of their comfort zone, the Georgia Tech had been killing us with three-pointers. We put on the press, and they missed their next seven in a row. So it makes me wonder what would happen if we started with our productive uh, players, uh, putting in uh, MA League and uh, either uh, uh, Justin or Quadir in the starting lineup to shake things up. And uh, couldn't we use the press to turn a, a close game into a game where we had a substantial lead. You know, it's an interesting thought, and I, I appreciate you checking in, Stephen. And we can ask Coach Beheim, you know, on Thursday. We obviously have him on every Thursday. I, I don't think this is a team that's going to press on a regular basis. They generally use it when they need it. And you're right. It, it has worked a few times this year. You look at the Pittsburgh game when, the, I mean, the game was over. And then they sped up Pitt a little bit, and they gave gave themselves a chance to win. Georgia Tech, they're down by double digits, sped them up a little bit, went on a run, and, and took control of the game. Um, I, I do think, this is the, my personal opinion on this, especially with the press, is that if – I don't think it would work over 40 minutes. I think it's most effective when you use it in pockets. 
and 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 pick and choose when to put it on. It's not turning people over either. Right. It's just it's just speeding them yeah. up, which is a good thing. But I don't know if you want that overall forty minutes. I do think good basketball teams and good coaches. I mean, they will adjust over the course of forty minutes. So I do think part of the reason it's effective is that you put it on here and there, and if you left it on for longer, they would figure it out. And and I don't know as if it would necessarily work into your advantage. Is that fair? Yes. Yeah. But I mean, it, there, there's no doubt, Steve, and and we appreciate you checking in. No, there's no doubt that it's it's been helping for the most part when they use it. Um, you know, they'll they'll give up some easy baskets here or there, but it's doing its job of he used creating a, extra possessions and and speeding up the opponent. He used it at a point this year, that last game where I wasn't expecting it. You know. And if you weren't expecting it, then the opponent wasn't. They definitely because you have a, you have a, a keen basketball mind. I do, I do, Steve. He used it very early. It 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 worked. It speeds people up. I I do know, and you know, we're seeing in the chat now. You know, people bringing up the you know why is Benny still starting, and I is just don't think I just don't think they're going to make a change there. And I think it's you know you're going to continue to see. I think what we saw on Saturday, which is if Benny doesn't have it, if it's one of those games where he doesn't have it, then it's a Malik Brown game. And Malik played 32 minutes, Benny played eight. You know, And we used to see that with Tyler Roberson. He, he, that, that's the name that comes to mind for me is you know, the, the whole when Mike Hopkins used to say plugged in Roby. You know, he was there sometimes, sometimes he wasn't. Um, Benny kind of reminds me of that. that. Sometimes he's there and sometimes he's not. Right, and when he's not, the fortunate thing for this team is that Malik Brown seems to be there whenever you need him, <laughs> in whatever situation. If you need him for ten minutes or thirty-two minutes, Malik Brown's going to give you what he's got for for thirty-two minutes or ten minutes. He just does his job. He has one gear. It's so weird. He reminds me like not in the same way as of Roberson, but he just doesn't emote. Yeah, right. Like Roberson was like that. He, yeah. He, same face if yeah, they're down yeah. 20 or up 20 <laughs> yeah, or if he's, he's playing well or not playing well. You're right. There is some truth to that. And maybe that's a good thing, like just cool cop. And, you know, I've seen a couple times in our chat and callers, Judah Mintz, uh, his attitude, people don't like it sometimes, arrogant, you know, brash. He, when he's on the bench, is, is waving the towel and cheering his teammates as much as anybody I've seen. And I like that. He doesn't go sulk when he gets pulled. You know, he's going to be fun if he's here next year. A lot of fun. I want the, I said it earlier. I want this whole team back next year. Yeah. I mean, the, see, that's the thing too, is like in, you know, 15 years ago that you'd be like, wow, the future is bright, yeah. you know, but this day and age it's. Yeah. You're like, like, Quadier Copeland happy just playing against the worst team in, in in the ACC because it was a matchup that they liked. <laughs> That'll probably be if this team comes back, that's going to be his role next year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, there's so much turnover these days that you can't count on that. And it, it's too bad. You know, we had that discussion. I remember having this discussion with Jim Saddle at the beginning of the year, and we were talking about just that, that he liked the potential, but this day and age, you don't have – three years for the potential to play itself out. You've got a season and then, you know, they're, they're just individual seasons because so much change happens in the off season. The other thing that is difficult for this team is if you lose your bench players to the transfer portal, the transfer portal isn't going to work for you either because 
you've got all your starters, you know? If that's the way it works. Yeah. Out. But we don't know that. I mean, But we, I mean, like, say somebody leaves, there's positions where you're going, you've got guys on the bench now that would fill that. Well, right. You're not going to get a fifth year or a senior to come in here and play off the bench. Right. I mean, who, who knows? You're talking about... Everybody's eligible to come back, but you know They're Joe could leave, leave, Jesse could leave. Yeah. You know, legitimately, they've been here four years. You know, Judah could decide to move. I mean, who knows? Someone who get knows? that. Someone get them nil deals. Yeah, right. Let's go, chop chop. All right, we've got to hit a timeout here. We've got our SOS house call on the other side. Caitlin Hennessy, physical therapist for SOS, will join us next on ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 at 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. Welcome back to Orange Nation. The artist of the day, the Pointer Sisters. Jump for my love, Steve. Know this one? Of course I do. I've had multiple people say that the most wholesome and their favorite thing of our show is when I ask you that question. When I go to you, Steve. Have you heard this song? Have you heard this song before? Do you know this song, Steve? I have heard this and you song. Go, yes, I have, Paul. All of these songs taking me back. I didn't realize how good the Pointer Sisters were. I told I told uh, Brian Higgins a story that I'm so excited is ingrained in my head because my mother worked at a a retail store called the May Company in San Diego, and it used to play in the men's department on the TVs that were hanging down nonstop. And on days she couldn't get a babysitter, she would just be like, grab your friend Doug, who lived down the street, and just leave us at the mall because our parents didn't have a babysitter. So we would just be left at the mall to go hear some money for the arcade and your Orange Julius and meet me for lunch. And That sounds like fun. It was. It was. How often did you get to do that? Not that often, but I mean, there were days where yeah. the mall was my babysitter. Yeah, I love it. And Doug. Yeah. <laughs> Doug was the babysitter. <laughs> Doug was also hanging out with me. Uh, I had one other story I want to get to. We'll, we'll, get, we'll wrap the show with it. 145? Yeah, because I was listening to the show on Thursday on my way down to Atlanta. And Mario asking a question. He had a, he had a, the green light, red light. Yeah, question. He, had, yeah. he had a Judah Mintz moment. Yeah. Like not his best performance. Mario actually texted me over the weekend and said, I guess Joe had the green light today. Yeah. <laughs> I want to put, I want to put a, a signal light in the studio for when Mario is co-hosting. You know, and like when he's asking questions, it'll go green. And then when, Red when he that's should, funny he should shut up i don't know if he would appreciate that or he not, laughed i told he him did. okay he said he laughed out loud he pulled a you when steve when steve laughs out loud at a, at a text, text yes. he will say i literally laughed out loud at that instead <laughs> of just writing lol no because i feel like lol is cliche and so sometimes <laughs> i'll say lol and then i will follow it up with so you're like, i actually laughed if out you loud. type lol it's just a pity it's no but sometimes you say it like it's just like a Oh, LOL. But when I actually laugh out loud, I want you to know that it was actually funny to me. Uh, Scooter in Jamesville uh, is joining us now on the show. Scooter, great to hear from you. How are you today? Yeah, first, first I got to ask you, Steve, I could know you're dancing with the stars, and were you up for the live performance at the Turning Stone Saturday? I, I'm not familiar with this. What are you referring no, no, to? That, what, 
They you had know, the Dancing with the Stars. Oh, did they? I had no idea. I didn't even No, I didn't know that. I, I wish I had uh-huh. known. I wish I had known. Well, I, I got that for the, you know, my better half's uh, Christmas, one of, the, one of the Christmas presents. So I knew it was going to you know, come down to you know, probably you know, actually missing a playoff game, which it was last year because they came last year at the same time. So it actually helped me out win a bet because I actually teased uh, the Giants up the under 55. Usually I don't like to bet unders if I'm going to watch the game because I want to be entertained, but I know it's going to be at the performance. And so I get out, I get out, and it's already 28 to nothing halfway through the third quarter. And so with this game, you know, it's going to be dud. So been been real-time game with about seven minutes to go. You could have got the over 43.5 plus 160. So I said, what the heck, you know, it's kind of boring anyway. So I bet the over, knowing that I got the under and, and a teaser at, uh, at 55. And sure enough, that last touchdown, <laughs> it actually meant a lot. It wasn't for some people that... They, they had that, but they got plus one sixty. But thank God for dancing with the stars because good uh, for you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't play that. But were the there actual co- stars dancing, or yeah. was it, or was it just the dancers? No. Who, who, who were well, the stars? Well, I mean, the, the, the star itself was the. Uh, I, I'm not familiar with the, the the person, but she was on the Bachelorette, and she was just down dancing with the stars recently. I think she's been the second. But it was actually most of the professionals. Oh, the uh, uh, Kate, uh, Caitlin Brist- Bristow, or is that is that? Yeah, right? yeah, I think yeah, you're right. I think yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. So like Heinz Ward didn't come out and dance, like they didn't. <laughs> but uh, I but they had like Sasha and Emma and, and the other one. It was it was a good it was a good performance. The best I I saw it had nothing to do with Dancing the Stars, but Derek and his sister performed at the same thing. They had their own traveling thing about five, six years ago at the Seneca Niagara. And that, that was incredible with the light show and stuff. But that's amazing because those guys are, those guys are athletes. I mean, to, to do some of the stuff they got to do, but it was, it was, it was entertaining, you know, but, uh, but the play calling guys, I tell you, these are supposed to be the best of the best. And, and, you know, Steve, Steve, maybe you can help me out on this thing. Buffalo, I think gets down 14 to nothing. And yeah. you can tell right now it's going to be a shootout. They can't stop. They can't stop Cincinnati. So what does Buffalo do down 14 to nothing? They run twice. Then they put Josh in a serious situation, third and 10. And then I think that's the one they thought it was a fumble. It wasn't a fumble. Uh, you know, it was just an incomplete pass. But I'm sitting there going, you're down 14 to nothing, and you're now going to run the ball? And, they, you know, they can't turn over. And if you watch the San Francisco-Dallas game, and there was three explosive plays. One couple, couple were off kickoffs. And what's the play they run right after the explosive play? Is a run up the middle, and you got man, you got the defense. They're all, you know, they're all like, you know, the, you know places going nuts. Even Dallas twice ran at the midfield, and then they ran the ball. And when they get around the goal line, they're running the ball, and no one's talking about. They're down seven. They're at the twenty-seven yard line. This is Dallas, and. They got a field goal kicker shaky, and and they go for the field goal. And I'm sitting there going, Are "You serious? You're down seven. You might not even get the ball back." But seven minutes left to go in the game, and then they punt the ball down to down seven with two minutes to go. I mean, if they get the ball back, they're going to go 80 yards without any timeouts. They had the ball in their hands, so it's kind of crazy. Some of the play though, and this is the playoffs. Yeah. Well, I, and I, I can't sp- appreciate checking in, Scooter. I can't speak too much to the Niners game because 
after watching the Bills, I, I really didn't want to watch football, and I, I had it on casually. Did you just no, I, I had it on. I watched enough alone. of the game, but I, I can't speak to individual play calls in the Niners-Cowboys game. But in regards to the Bills game, I, I'm right there with you, Scooter. We were saying that in real time. I was watching with my dad and my son, and um, I, I I couldn't believe it. They, they, they completely changed what they did in that game yesterday. Now, I don't know if some of it was for the weather and you know they McDermott was asked afterwards, he said it wasn't weather related. Uh, Josh Allen was asked afterwards, he said it wasn't weather related. Um I am with you though. I thought the play calling was very suspect and somebody asked earlier in the chat section during one of the breaks about Ken Dorsey. I I do think there's a chance that they move on from him. Um it was a problem on and off through throughout the season. Some head head scratching play calls and and yesterday in particular and I I don't get it. Um I just thought their approach, the Bills in particular. Uh, again, I don't, I can't really speak too much about the Niners game. The Bills' approach on both sides of the ball yesterday was was head scratching, and it's a shame because they they played their worst game of the season at the worst possible time. Why do you have a smirk on your face? I'm just listening to you bring it up. Why do you have a smirk? It's disappointing because they were on the verge. Yeah, I'm just. I have so many questions, like personal questions, like do you, after they lose do you. Does Kim not talk to you for the rest of the so, night? So Kim was out of town this weekend. Okay, good. So I was, I, we watched, uh, we always go to my dad's house anyway, but it was my dad and my son and my sister, and we, there, it, it was very quiet. It was very quiet as that game progressed. Can I get into one play calling thing of the Dallas yeah, sure. game? What the hell was that last play where Zeke got, did you see the last play yes, where yeah, Zeke yeah, got yeah. blown up? Yes, yes. I want to be in the offensive room when they're drawing that play up because I want to see what the hell was supposed so, to. I know it spread them out and you can lateral it around, but what the hell was that? I I have to think, and I know there's there's been a lot of talk about like that was awful. I, my 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 thought is it never really got started, so they they throw it over the middle to their kick returner. My guess is is that. It's like an option. He he throws, you know, laterals it to one side or the other. Where have skill players and blockers on one side, skill players and blockers on the other. That that's my guess. So you're hoping for a little yak on the first catch, and then he can get it off to the. That's what I'm thinking. It's like a he's super fast, obviously. I mean, we saw what he did on the one kick return. So you get it to him, and you hope that he can get a little bit of yardage, and then start the whole, you know, the the song and dance of the laterals and whatnot. You think they call and that they again? Just, Zeke's going to be like, no, yeah, no, nah, <laughs> yeah, no thank nah, you. I don't like you that. You know what? I tell you what. The, obviously, the Niners played it great, you know, mm-hmm. because I, I, my guess is they're expecting the Niners' defense to back off even more, but they, they weren't. I mean, they had a, a layer of the defense, obviously, way back, but they also had a layer up front, almost like a kick return, and... They they blew up the play, so I, I think you got to credit the Niners. Steve, there was obviously more to it than that. I think that was yeah. Just, I want to know what the more to like, it was. I, I just I don't think the play ever got started. I think it, it's a get it over the middle, and then the kick returner, he you know, Turban can either throw it to the left where they've got skill players and some blockers, or throw it to the right. They've got some skill players and blockers, and you hope that you get lucky. All right, one more Bills question for you. All right, yeah, big picture. Where do you see this team now? Are they? Are you still as? I mean, they're the, right now they're the third best team in the AFC. Um, I, I think you know. I, I know you want to needle me here. I, no, I, I'm not. I, I want to know. So they, I knew where you were coming I, into the season. I feel like there there is there is very little that separates the Bengals, the Chiefs, and the Bills. And I said that going into the weekend. And I know that obviously it looks that game looked like there's a lot that separates the Bills and the Bengals. 
Bills played awful. Bengals played great. They they deserve to win. I said before the show started, I would rather lose like the Bills lost last year than this year because they got dominated yesterday. They they were not even in that game. And as a fan, for me anyway, that that is unacceptable and that that is harder to take than what happened last year where guys were making plays and it was just who who had the ball last. Um, I, I think that there is very little that separates Chiefs, Bengals, and Bills, but obviously they're third among those three teams right now. And... You know, they've got some decisions to make in the offseason. You know, Tremaine Edmonds is a free agent, Jordan Poyer. Um, if the, like, just think of that division. De- Devin Singletary. What, what about the division? I still think they're the best team in the division. Yeah, but what if the Jets get a quarterback? What if Miami gets to a healthy I mean, and again, he stays healthy? You're right. We got to see what happens in the offseason. But as it stands right now, the Bills are certainly the best team in that division. And I think they're the third best team in the AFC. And and it's it. There's a you know. Then Lamar those three, Jackson those, stays healthy. Then Kenny Pickett, the Steelers. Here's kind of the, here's the it thing, out and I, I said this this morning on Bridge Street. You know, as a kid, watching them go to four Super Bowls in a row in the early '90s, you think, well, there's always next year. There's always next year. Your window closes though at some point, and then for the Bills anyway. And I know a lot of franchises they went 20 years where they were bad. Mm-hmm. And now they're in a window. I think we would all agree that they're in a window, right? Mm-hmm. That's going to be my new phrase. Forget about the verge. They're in a window. There are, there and, are windows on the verge of slamming on well, your fingers. And that's what I'm saying is like, you, yeah, I think they're going to be good again next year. And I think as long as they have Josh Allen, they're going to be good. And, they, and he's going to continue to learn and grow from this. And this team will. But you can't just take for granted that, you know, well, next year they'll be, you know, next year's the year. The window closes at some point, and it, that, that's why I think this year in particular was so frustrating is that they were in position. To, I mean, they were the Super Bowl favorites going in for a reason. They had everything there. I think the Von Miller injury certainly hurt them, and, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Everybody has injuries. I get that. Hurt them really yesterday. And they could not put pressure on Burrow, and that killed them. Um, but they, they lost the game up front yesterday. I don't think it, that, that game wasn't on Allen, and I know people are trying to compare Allen with Dak and – Allen, like, didn't lose the game last year against the Chiefs. In fact, and I know we've joked about this, he won that game twice. And then the Chiefs won the game three times. And, you know, and I know we joke about that, but Allen was great last year in their loss. Allen wasn't good yesterday, but it, it, it wasn't on him. I mean, they just, they got dominated at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And they, they've got some. They've got some work to do in the offseason to address those things. Dare I say they, they need have to- a pass rusher. And I mean, they've got Von Miller. You hope that he's healthy, but that injury in particular really, really hurt them this year. And I think we saw just how much yesterday. Dare I say they have to win the offseason, Steve? They do need to win the offseason. And yes, somebody in the chat says they, they need a running game. They do, because they could not run the ball. And and again, it, there, there wasn't one thing yesterday. I mean, that was just a complete breakdown on both sides of the ball. So. It's uh, it's frustrating, and um, I'm sorry you're going through this as a friend. Yeah, I can tell. I, I can tell no, you're no, so I sorry. No, no, I am. I am. I'm sorry this happened to you. It. I I said I would save this for later, but you just got to have a different attitude as a Bills fan. And I told you I don't want to live like that. You, I, it's I, not living in a bad way. Just don't expect the best. Don't put the best as your so, your end game. So in fairness to me, okay. Like I've I've gone through twenty years of them not being good. It's not like every year I was like, oh well, this is the year. Like I I I know sports. I'm realistic. Like I was. You're not though. You weren't no, realistic. No, I was. That, They're the Bills. They're gonna rip okay. your heart out. They were the Super Bowl favorites for a reason. They had all of the pieces. Yeah. So and I got excited this year. 
You I got go, excited. Yeah, they'll find a way for these pieces. They they get the puzzle all built, and then the dog runs in. And I don't want to live like that. I want to be invested. I want to be emotionally invested. Ever, and yeah, it it sucks when they lose. But I I I don't want to be like, oh well, I don't care that much. This is the one team I care about. Like from a rooting perspective and a fan perspective, it's the one team I care about. And I I don't want you know I like the Yankees, but I'm not like a diehard Yankee. Fan. I am a diehard Bills fan, and I I don't want to. I don't want to protect myself. Like I, I want to, I want to be fully invested. All right, it, it, it's like that. You ever see that episode of the Brady Bunch, Steve? I'm gonna, date, I don't. Know. I'm gonna date myself. I don't know where they build the big house of cards and like they have all everything. Just everything is there for them, and then Tiger comes running in, knocks it all down. That's gonna be. That's what it's like being a Bills fan. You have the house of cards built, the world record house of cards. It's all there. Boom! Your dog knocks it down. It's like that being a Padres fan. It's like that being a lot of teams. There are like, a lot there of fan are bases. Browns but you know what? I mean, the Cubs got over it. Like the, the fan bases, yeah. it, you know, franchises but get over it. They do, but you can't go in. You can't ever, as a Bills fan, be so confident that they're going to win the Super Bowl because they're not. It's just <laughs> never going to happen. I thought they were going to, and it's my job to uh, to share my opinion. And my opinion was they were the best team in football, and and they didn't they didn't get it done, and it's a shame. No, there's just fan bases that are snake bitten. But and some you, fan bases get over it. I know. And I, I have to believe that the Bills at some point will. It tests your metal. It, it does. And it you, does. you are still a fan, and that's a good thing. Like I'll always be a Padres fan, but I know they have probably the top four, you know, in the top four of their lineup, the best in baseball. And I'm not going to ever say they're going to win the World Series because I know I'm a Padres fan. And it's just never going to happen for me. I don't want to live like that. If it does happen, I will be ecstatic. I will never shut up. But till then, I know. I know where I rank and where I belong. Quiet and never on the verge. I host a radio show. It's hard to be quiet. No, I get that. I get that. People try and get me to say it. You were trying to get me to do it this year. Hey, this is the Padres year. <laughs> no, it's not, Steve. It's never their year. You were trying to lead me down that path. I picked the Bengals last week when we did our picks. I was hoping that it was a Bills win by three, but we're late. <laughs> I know we are. All right, we're back after this on ESPN Radio.